What is up, everyone? Happy Saturday, January 8th. I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Damro. We're going to talk about Rajon Rondo's debut. We're going to talk about the Cavs beating the Portland Trailblazers in Portland. And we're going to talk about the Cavs guaranteeing three contracts, Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, and Ed Davis. It's all coming up today on Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to tell you, though, that today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And we also want to thank you for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms. Okay, Evan, Cavs beat the Blazers last night in Rajon Rondo's debut. Cleveland wins 114-101. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of the game in segment two. But what did you make of Rondo's debut? 17 minutes, 2 of 9 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3, 5 of 6 from the line, 11 points, 3 assists, 5 boards, 1 turnover, a plus 5 as far as plus minus goes. I'm... I'm pleased with the initial out debut of Rajon Rondo. I need to take like a couple more games of watching him just to say like, okay, here are the key differences between him and Ricky Rubio being on the floor. I did notice that like it's something you and I have both kind of pointed out a few times. Like the pace is a lot slower when he's just playing by himself and it's just him, Jetty Osmond, Kevin Love. I think Evan Mobley or Jared Allen was in that lineup and then one, uh, maybe Dylan Windler as well. And you notice the Cavs play a little more slow, methodical pace. Rondo is reading the defense and trying to make the right play and the right pass. I think he said post game that's why he took so many three pointers because Portland was just kind of more or less preventing those looks for him. He's he's he was acting like a quarterback out there more or less because Portland was just letting him take those threes and he counterpointed like you said that he was five or six from the line. He's like I haven't attempted that many free throws in a game in like two years, so I'm always going to remain aggressive. So. I, w- I was pleased. Uh, I think the Rondo Garland closing lineup in the second quarter was kind of fun. It's just kind of cool to see the Cavs having two playmakers on the floor with their three big men again. Um, I have another broad takeaway I want to talk about too that involves Rondo and Garland to an extent. But in just terms of Rondo's debut, I was pretty pleased with the results in the grand scheme. But I also need a little bit more tangible data because this is also a pretty bad Portland team too. Like they're missing Dame Lowe, they're missing CJ McCollum. I mentioned this on 92.3 The Fan, but no Larry Nance Jr. either. And like that just hasn't worked out for them as well. But like they're missing some key pieces. Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic were just frustrated with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen all night. So I don't know how much I can take away from the Rondo debut because this isn't a great Blazers team. We'll see how he looks against the Warriors. We'll see how he looks in the remainder of this road trip. Probably by the end of this road trip, I'll have a more tangible idea of how I feel. But so far, not so bad. How did you feel about it? I think the three-point shooting is the thing that I'm just a little like, this is bizarre and like probably shouldn't happen again. Rajon Rondo taking did, eight three-pointers. Have you and seen the game. clip of him on Matt Barnes's podcast? No, I have... Um, I'm cleaning up my media diet. Let's say I'm going to leave it at that. That's not. A, I saw. My I saw the clip. Like a consuming floating, thing. It's not something I ever consume either. But I saw the clip floating online, and Rondo more or less said that he doesn't care if he takes that many three pointers because he's like people. Other people take that many three pointers and make way less than I do. Which, and, like you know, like we're at a point in the league where like that's not incorrect. It's just also just like not 
useful for Rajon Rondo it's to do that. It's antagonistic to what the team is trying to accomplish. It's not a JB thing, I think, like, specifically. I think he's not a guy who wants you to take, like, wasted shots. I don't think he's, like, anti-three, but I think he's particular about the kind of threes you take. Evan, here's some of the here's some data on, on the Rondo debut. Played 30, cleaning the glass has it, um, 33 possessions, which feels a little low, but low possessions, uh, plus... 20.9 points per 100 possessions. The offense was um, on average 115.2 per 100 possessions with him on the floor. Defense gave up 94.3 points per 100 possessions. This is one game, so like these numbers are going to fluctuate wildly. Um, the lineups here, the lineups that we saw him win: Windler, Rondo, Osmond, Mobley, Love, Garland, Rondo, Osmond, Mobley, Love, Garland, Rondo, Osmond, Mobley, Allen, Stevens, Rondo, Osmond, Mobley, Love. Rondo, Osmond, Markkinen, Love, Allen, and then Garland, Rondo, Markkinen, Mobley, and Love. I personally think that what something you hit on that I think him him plus Garland plus three bigs is something I would to me make some sense. Just kind of you know, especially if Kevin Love well, is the third big, if it's like it's Mobley, Allen, and Love it's made work when Rubio was on the well, floor. Well, but so. but it's also just like it helps make like if you're gonna play three bigs, even if Kevin Love is having this revival and Kevin Love continues to play well and, and all of this stuff, he can stay healthy. Uh, did play 27 minutes last night. It is worth noting just to, to keep an eye on there. Um, this is a, a situation where, like, I think if you want to play those two guys together, it's because you want to help facilitate for those three bigs. It is something that worked with Rubio. It is something that theoretically could work with Rondo. I think that is one of the reasons, one of the underrated reasons those three big lineups have, excuse me, kind of works. I think we'll be interested just to see the ultimately like how him, how it, like the success of this thing will ultimately come to how he looks without Garland on the floor, and how he kind of helps shore up those minutes where Garland, you know, if Garland's going to play 30, 30, like what he played last night, thirty six minutes last night, or played thirty nine minutes, excuse me, good lord, um, <laughs> he's good if he's going to play like a lot of minutes and like even in that thirty nine feels. To me, like a lot. Um, we'll see kind of how this kind of bears out. But like Gar- if there's eight minutes a game, if there's 15 minutes a game that Garland isn't going to play and Rondo is your path to those not being total disasters, then this this can work in a way. I'm just I'm curious about it. I think getting Jetty back is is a, a useful thing for this team. Jetty will provide some of the shot making. Um, I will be curious to see how some of the, the Rondo Jetty minutes look defensively. That could be either palatable or could be really bad if they're giving up just tons of um drives and and they're not, they're playing with like marketing and love or like some of those weirder combinations how jb deploys rondo to me is going to be just a fascinating thing to watch it's probably going to evolve he's probably going to tinker a core obviously will come back in due time and you know maybe they make other trades and things like that but like i will be fascinated just to kind of poke around this and see how rondo after five games, after ten games, is is deployed. This was like an interesting like mm-hmm. smorgasbord of of how Rondo can be in used. general. So yeah. it's kind of hard to take like full stock of everything. But I think to your point, JB is a coach who tinkers, but he's not a, like an overreactionary coach. He's not going to say like, "Oh my god, this isn't working." After one game, we need to adjust it. But you have a good point on Rondo and Jetty being deployed together because in theory, you want to get Jetty going like you did with Rubio and the same ditto for Kevin Love. So let's just say those three are out there. I think you want to keep one, if not both, of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen on the floor as well with those two because Jetty and Rondo are going to get eaten alive on the perimeter. So if you have those two as a safety blanket to protect the rim, it helps a little bit. 
Yeah, I am. Again, this will be interesting. I think this was, again, a good kind of starter game. Um, things will get mm-hmm. more difficult as we go on here. Just looking at the as people like they play Sacramento um, on Monday and they play the Warriors, obviously, on Sunday. The Warriors, perhaps the best team in the league with uh, in the return of Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. That certainly could be. I, I expect that to be a tough game. All the first game was was tons of fun. Um and, you know, maybe Monday is a little bit easier just because it's the Kings, but the Kings have, you know, some guards that cause some problems for Rondo defensively. So I'll be curious to see how this plays out. Can't wait to watch it. We will check in on this as this West Coast trip goes on and, you know, as they come home and they play in a, on a schedule where Evan and I uh, aren't, you know, either staying up really or, or watching the game at like, in my case, probably watching the game at like. Folks, full disclosure, the Twitter spaces this morning didn't happen because I overslept because I was up till 2.30 working last night and yeah. I zonked out and my alarm went off at 9.30 and I didn't even think twice, hit snooze and went back to bed because uh, front of the pod, Jimmy Longo showed us his f- shiny fan pee, which I'm very jealous of. And he got a shiny Larvitar, so very jealous of that too. Yes. Um, I like that deadpan. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're just, I, I, as Evan knows, I, he's the conductor. He's keeping the trains on time, folks. Uh, if you're calling me the Rondo, then whatever. But anyway, after the break, we're going to get into this game. Okay. You're like Sir Topham hat. Shout out to Thomas, the train, man. What a, what a banger what a, of a kid. What show. a banger of a kid show. Like Chris and I were raised right. If we both watched, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this off the air because I don't want to waste anyone's time on shots to Thomas the Train. But Evan, after the break, we're going to get into this game kind of big picture because the Cavs won. Um, and, and again, not against a stacked Portland team, but a, a, a Portland a team. A win. This is a win's a win on the road nonetheless. But Evan, you're going to tell everyone first about our friends at Prize Picks. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cavs fans, not in Ohio. You've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, what the hell is wrong with you? Prize Picks is the daily fantasy made easy. If you have not checked it out yet, you, and I mean you, Jared are missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app for the NBA and mixed sports pickups. The Christmas game games were going to, were off the charts and even more, and they were even more fun. If you played prize picks, love it. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize picks offers you any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. All of your users that deposit and promo use my promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 just as long as you use the promo code NBA. And also, if you don't live in the state of Ohio, you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. So if you're interested and do not live in Ohio, go to prizefix.com today and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app. Prize Fix is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing Prize Fix, you honestly do not know what you're missing. Also, want to tell you about our friends at Shopify. Shopify, look, they help businesses. They help businesses by creating infrastructure. And look, if you're a big business, a small upstart, or an established business, you can sell everywhere, synchronize your online and in-person sales, and obviously stay informed with Shopify. It is scaling your business with the help of, of frankly, just a really, really useful platform. Um, Shopify powers millions of businesses. Okay. Shopify shop powers millions of businesses from first scale to full scale, reach customers online and access social networks with an ever growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. 
Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a source, Shopify grows with you. This is possible. Powered by Shopify. Go to Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is all lowercase. For a free 14-day trial and get free access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. That is all lowercase. Shopify.com backslash LockedOnNBA. Evan, Cavs Blazers, Cleveland wins, wins the first quarter by three, wins the second quarter by seven, loses the third, wins the fourth by nine. Darius Garland has 26 and six. Evan Mobley has 18 and eight and three assists. Marketing has 15 and five, two of six from three. Lamar Stevens started once again with Isaac Coro out. Cleveland played nine guys with Rondo, Windler, Osmond, and Kevin Love coming off the bench. What did you make of this game? It was a little weird. It was a little topsy-turvy. Um, Robert Covington, weirdly enough, was the guy who was just having like an all-star moment against the Cavs, but I noted in the first segment that he was also getting frustrated with Evan Mobley a lot because he would he would swat the ball out of Mobley's hands and try to strip him a lot when Mobley tried to get low to try and go up for like a layup or a dunk. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it drew a foul. I don't know. I think that kind of worked in the Cavs' favor when he drew that fifth foul, I believe, in the third quarter. And the Cavs kind of steamrolled from there. I felt like Cleveland was in this game and they were going to win it from opening tip, but Portland just wouldn't go away. And it's just good to see the Cavs are able to kind of put away teams like this when they aren't really playing their best. Like Darius Garland really didn't turn it on until the fourth quarter, especially in the closing moments when he kind of just broke the will of the Blazers, as Joe Gabriel put it. Um, Larry Markkinen, uh, my big takeaway from that is the fact that I'm starting to notice the Cavs are making more of a concerted effort to get him looks on the interior, whether it's to the pick and roll or having him crash towards the rim. Like I noticed Rondo and threw a lob pass and marketing caught it, then laid it up. And then Garland tried to do the same thing. And it resulted in marketing drawing a foul and going to the free throw line. I think the Cavs are really trying to get him going offensively because clearly his three point shot isn't going. And, I think that's a really smart thing for them to do, especially because he's a small forward. You can't dribble more than four times without looking lost. So you got to find a way to get him involved. I think him playing to his God-given ability of being a seven-footer is a good way to start. And maybe if you build that confidence in him scoring, he feels more comfortable shooting threes again. It starts to just kind of trickle down and work from there. But all in all, just kind of like a goofy game. Jairus Garland is sensational. I think he's like the clear MVP pick. And if you have like a niche pick, I'm happy to hear it. But like, Osmond was great too. I think it's good to see this Cavs team more or less being back at full strength. Um, but you can really feel that there's still probably one more move away to kind of get that like spark from somewhere else on offense. Yeah, I, I think the marketing thing is interesting because I think it's smart that they're not like trying to post him up because that is not something he's going to be good at. That is not something he's no. ever been good at. He is Ivor the... Manning definitely knows that. <laughs> What's I Ivor, not Ivar. I Ivor rhymes Ivor. with Ivor. Ivor. Now you've now you've learned. It's okay. Look. Ivor. I, I've I have had people call my father Ivan and my brother Ivan Ever Ever pronounced it like with a French twang to it. You like called, I, it, you called Ty Windish Ti once, so it's all fair. Look, you deserved See? it. You deserved it. <laughs> Just derailing you, but no, yeah. the marketing thing. Go like, ahead. Don't post him up. Don't post him up. He's let him let him spot up and roll and come off screens and do that stuff. Um, Osmond being back, I think, is notable. I think him and Love playing thirty minutes, like a bit, like Osmond played thirty minutes and Love played twenty seven, is just like this Cavs team just is clearly. I I still maintain that I think depth is one of the things that will 
be worth monitoring the rest of the year. Um, Garland is the MVP pick, though, because, number one, full control of this game. Six assists against three turnovers, pretty good. 26 points, pretty good. Five of eight from three, pretty freaking good. He was um, bombing him. Yeah, for he has come back from COVID and looked, I think, very, very good, which is a very, very good sign, making like an all-star push. Um, I think the other part of this that is worth kind of thinking about is just that he made a play in this game where he like snatched the ball from Covington and like was one of the key plays of this game. And it's just like Darius is again, his so much of his value is going to come from offense. But I, th- I truly think one of the things that has improved with him this year is his defense, is his engagement on that end of the floor, making some of those in between plays. And like that, that's the thing that's really going to show up. Um, I, I am just perpetually, I, I keep just staring at this because it will just hurt my it hurts my brain. I just cannot wait to see what kind of how deep this rotation goes and who plays how many minutes once they're healthy because mm-hmm. 27 for love is just like it feels like just a continued escalation and maybe he's going to play like 25 the rest of the year. But like you asked JD about this. You know, I was going to say I asked him about this the other day. I'm like, OK, is Kevin Love playing fewer minutes like part of the reason he's had this year? And he's like, we just want to have Kevin Love on the floor. And like playing him fewer minutes is a way to make sure he's going to stay on the floor at, at where he's at in his career. And like fact check true. I'm curious to see if he can like keep his lift, keep his momentum. It, it, he's looked good. I mean, like last night was only eight points, three of nine from the field, two of six and three, not like a scorching earth game, the like 20 point stretch that he had, but like still effective rebounding. Well, passing well, seeing some, I think just still engaged kind of having a good time. Kevin love. I want to see if that, kind of goes back down to like 20 minutes once mm-hmm. things kind of get back to normal here because it's just kind of clear that like there's like six guys rondo probably gets there to some degree we played 17 last night there's seven guys that jb or five six six guys that jb played last night 20 minutes or above garland mobley allen marketing love osmond i think okoro is becomes guy number seven when he's back does rondo get that does does, you know, does, does the rotation kind of settle in? It's sort of like a bunch of guys playing 20 and then guys playing spot 10 minutes here or so with Windler and Wade and stuff like that. It, does, does Stevens like just get completely excised on the rotation when everyone's healthy or do they play more depth? I'm curious to see how this plays out over the next like month, month and a half as we could. I mean, we're like a month away from the deadline. It'll be interesting to see how this roster looks a month from now, much less just like a couple weeks from now when everyone's theoretically healthy. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, I'm interested to see that. If we're talking just like statistically, I think you monitoring love and especially Osman, who said like he felt a little off coming back, like just long wise and just body wise after being held in safety protocols for so long, but he felt fine towards the end of the game. Maybe it's just in game conditioning always helps. Uh, my stat for me is like Portland played this Cavs team really physically. This is the third team after Indiana and Memphis to play them physically like this. And this is the first time they truly got wor- worked on the offensive glass. Like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, like were getting bodied on the offensive glass. Like Portland was getting so many offenses. Like they they out rebounded the Cavs on in terms of offensive rebounds, sixteen to eight, and out rebounded Cleveland fifty one to forty three. So Golden State doesn't. I mean, they they're a tough team on both ends. I think offensively they're just a nuclear, but like they have a lot of tough physical players too. And this is like the apex best team in the league that the Cavs are playing on Sunday night. So I'm wondering how, if Draymond Green is available, how they handle that. Like Gary Payton. Oh, I I can't imagine that. Uh, I can't. I just I just cannot Draymond, imagine that Draymond isn't going to play on Clay's return. I know, but you never know. At the same time, like they could not need him as well. It's 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 not checkers. It's chess. So 
also love I love Gary I love Gary Payton. Love Gary, Gary Payton. Payton slaps. Okay. I Gary Payton's a guard that does things for me. He's a defensive guard that can score. Arguably one of the best on ball defenders in the league. And this is not a Warriors podcast, so I want us to nope. shut up about this now. But like he's really good and like yeah. defensive players get underrated in this league, and that is one of my hills I will die on. Like Wes Goldberg, we're leaving the locked on Warriors discussion. But um, <laughs> if you know, you know. But if you don't if you know, know, then you know. Uh, go listen to Locked on Heat and then you'll know. There you go. But um <laughs> Yeah, Gary Payton's like this Warriors team is equipped to kind of give the Cavs the fits. And like you said, the first time they played in Cleveland, it was fun. It was a really fun game. So I'm interested to see how the Cavs kind of bounce back from this one. Not bounce back, but you know what I mean. Like respond maybe from last game. They're a little healthier. They have a little more juice with Rondo. They have Osmond back in the fold. They're playing well. I think Darius Garland just kind of remaining like a nuclear option for the Cavs is interesting. So I'm curious how Golden State defends that as well. So yeah, that's just kind of my statistic is like, how do the Cavs keep responding to physicality and like against Portland? Not well. Um, it's kind of miraculous. Cleveland just led for, they won three of the four quarters. They're outscored in the third quarter, 31 to 25, but like they led for the majority of this game, but they're getting worked on the glass where it felt like, okay, Portland just can't convert the looks they're getting. Cause they shot 37 to 92 from the floor while Cleveland shot 39 of 80 from the floor. So yes. I mean like there there's the statistical anomalies here. Like Portland had winning may way more opportunities to try and like climb back into this game. Um and it just didn't go their way. Same ditto for free throws too. Like the Cavs going 19 to 29 is suboptimal as well. Yes. All right. After the break we're gonna get into the Cavs guaranteeing the contracts of three players. But first, got to tell everyone about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to a New Year's resolution because these are protein bars that taste so good you're going to want to eat them. Unlike other protein bars that can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Ugh. You want to eat healthy, but it often gets boring. By week three, you may be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is my chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein in most cases. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, at least you can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That's this way. When you enjoy a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Okay, well, okay. But there's, and there's also a ton of great flavors. Coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, and more. Go to Bilt.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Evan, I know, is a big fan of cookies and cream. I am uh, partial to the to the mint brownie. Okay, Evan, well, who do you want to start with? We have three players. Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, Ed Davis. I tend to think none of these were surprises. I tend to think that two of them will continue to be rotation pieces um, as need be in terms of Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens. Ed Davis Sorry, filled in. I'm laughing about how I found out about Lamar Stevens. I spoke to his agent while his agent was on a ski trip while he was going up the ski lift about it. But um, Welcome to reporting, sir. You have weird conversations at weird times with people. It just makes me chuckle. Um, let's talk about Ed Davis because I just – he hardly plays for the Cavs. He was pretty good when he started in those two games against Golden State and Brooklyn. Like, absolutely gobbled up the rebound, gobbled up the glass. Um, like you said, all these signings make absolute sense for the Cavs. Um, it, it, just the question for me is do you want to maintain roster flexibility a little bit with the trade deadline looming? Because right now the Cavs have 15 full roster spots and 
two guys on a two-way deal. So like they have no options to make moves other than trades or they, cause I don't think cutting a player is feasible because like, sorry folks, Kevin Pangos's money is guaranteed. And like, he's not going to get waived by the Cavs Cause I don't think the Cavs are going to eat that 2 million just to try and bring on more money. Um, I mean, I think there's, I think that this is a way to still be f- flexible roster wise, just because if you want to start getting into trades, you have these two salaries in Stevens and Wade. Not only are they, I think, like some of your better depth pieces as of right now. Like I would trust both of them in the rotation above Dylan Windler if we're being if we're going to keep it straight. And I think I would probably oh, keep it Davis. Um, I would. I mean, Ed Davis is just kind of a more proven vet. And good luck, Gonzalez. He's a culture I mean, guy. Yeah, I mean, at least Phil. And then, like, you're, we're being like encore practical about it. Filled in when they needed him earlier this year. I believe he started against the Warriors in that game. He started against Cleveland. the Warriors and the Nets. And yeah, Bizarre stuff. Seven, Weird stuff. Thanks to COVID. And two. So. Thanks to COVID. Thanks to injuries. But I think with, I think with these guarantees, like if we get to the deadline, and the Cavs make a move that involves like. Like maybe like maybe this is tacking on other salaries. Maybe this is um, just some of the other. Maybe it's like that. It's like with this guy going out as part with using that JaVale McGee trade exception, which didn't ultimately get used in the Rondo trade. Like these guys are still on contracts for they're on, they're guaranteed for the rest of this year. But for other teams, these are still contracts that you can then waive and create a little bit of money after this season it is not like a lot of money like it's barely above the minimum things like that but like i think we're in a position here where like these are still guys that in theory you could trade now again i think these are depth pieces i think that like pangos is in the same boat if you're going to send out a salary and keep your roster as as deep as possible he would be the guy that i would look at as a guy who doesn't have a guaranteed salary after this year to mm-hmm. send out in that kind of trade to create the roster spot you need and such but you know i look and i think I certainly think like keeping a roster spot open can make some sense. I tend to think, frankly, maybe a roster should just be like 17 or like, or two way guys should just always be full year things. Like, I think there's, there's enough talent to kind of create some real depth here. Um, I certainly understand why it's not, it's like a, it's a money proposition and things, but like, I think the, there's still flexibility here. I think, the, I think just, it is worth learning. The Cavs are just in a weird, just for where they're at as a team, just because they're close to the tax, like the they have, pass. they have to be very, I think they're not going to like, it's not going to be particularly easy for them to just like spend f- to like create a marginal upgrade. I think that was the case obviously with Pangos and, and perhaps writing Goodwin. Like, I think this is just a situation where they could still be flexible, but it's going to be like, do one of these guys or do one of these guys or multiple of these guys get sent out as part of like another trade to like, cr- to give us another team, like some minor salary relief yeah it's it's going to be really interesting how the Cavs navigate this trade deadline because i really do think there's another move coming and i know i kind of circumvented the question about these three players but like they're all significant signings for the Cavs. like lamar stevens provides some good defensive upside he has the ability to defend one through four sometimes maybe defend fives as well um he's more or less the heart and soul of this locker room though he's kind of like just that teammate who's endeared himself to everybody on the Cavs. they started the whole barking thing and just kind of Really, like, the Cavs lean on him for more than just his play. I think you shouldn't expect much from him when he's starting the two in place of Isaac Okoro. Um, you kind of kind of get similar results, but not the same results, because Isaac Okoro is just leaps and bounds a better defender than Lamar Stevens is. I know that's a hot take. Um, 
Dean Wade, I think, is really good. I think he needs more minutes in this rotation. Either way, like Chris said, I'd play him over Dylan Windler at this point. But I guess I understand what the Cavs are trying to do just in terms of depth because Okoro's out. Maybe that's why Windler's getting the bump as well, just so they have more minutes at the forward position. Even though JB looks at this team as bigs and smalls, and I don't know how he views wings. I've never asked. But um, it's just – I think these are all make sense, like you said. I'm just curious to see how they navigate it because – I agree. Maybe the cat or maybe the league should expand roster spots a little bit. But I know it's a finance thing. And like you said, it's just a little tough and trickier, but um, I guess shouts to the charge program too, because Dean Wade is Cleveland charge. Canton charge alumni. Um, I asked Sean Wyatt, pretty much the uh, Jack of all trades master of a lot for the charge last night. Did Lamar ever play for them? He's like, no, I, I had a couple jerseys made for him, but he never showed up to cat keep them. So I have them in a box <laughs> if he ever wants them, but um, I guess this is just testament to the cast finally using their two-way contracts properly because Lamar was a two-way guy. Dean was a two-way guy. Now they are guaranteed salaries. They are pretty, I'd say like, like Chris said, one of the, some of the better depth options the Cavs have if they absolutely need to lean on them. So it's not like they're wasting these two-way spots anymore too. So that's like one of my biggest takeaways is just the Cavs are properly using these. Finally, after having this charge program available for them for almost 15 years, I think so it's it's refreshing i would say but at the same time um i'm I'm curious to see how they navigate things because i I don't know if they would trade lamar stevens but i think dean way could be like an attractive like little like let's throw him in a trade and maybe like grease the wheels a little bit instead of the Cavs giving up like an additional second round pick or something like that. Well, the other part of this that I think will be worth monitoring is the Cavs. If they, if in terms of like edge of the, I'll be curious to see how teams view this because, and I, I don't have a good answer. I don't think any, I, Brian Windhorst has a, a rant of his that went viral this week that I think holds true about this time of year. 99% of the stuff was you hear is bullshit is, is, is what he said. And I think that's ultimately true. A lot of these conversations that we have, feel fake to me like they feel like not human interaction they feel like just sort of like nonsense frankly um i think with i think with the Cavs, they could be in position where they're gonna have like what like the the spurs second round pick which could be like like above 40 the rockets pick which would be pretty high and their own and their own first round pick so they have these three picks that are going to be kind of clustered together if they're going to make a move, I think like one of those at the very least is going up. But if they need another wheel greaser, is it like one of these end of the roster guys? Is it like both of them? Like I, I'll be curious to see what the price for some of this stuff ultimately is because I think there's like you you want to replenish your depth in some degree on like younger guys going forward. But like if you have you, Stevens and Wade are signed at least through next year. I think one of them yeah. is next two years. One of them is just next year, if I'm remembering correctly. I'll, I'll pull it up as you talk. Um those are death pieces you could like theoretically hang on to, but it is also like you could replenish. You could theoretically go for that in the draft with someone a little bit younger, some more upside, things like that. Like the, how this all gets weighed out will just, it, it could ultimately like oh. tell us nothing. You know what I mean? Like it could tell us nothing in terms of Lamar where they're is under contract through the, tw- like he, they, he has a team option in the 2023, 24 season. Dean Wade's team option is next off season. Okay. Ditto for Dylan Windler, Isaac Coro and Darius Garland. Yeah. And those first Coro and Garland are getting those team options picked up. And Garland will probably sign a very handsome extension. Yeah. And we'll see where we go with the Coro. But I, I think with 
how like I mean, we could learn nothing intangible about this like some of this information could like not like actually come out in a real way and like tell us anything but if the Cavs like keep these guys and then like trade draft picks maybe they view them okay we want this depth that we know we have right now or if they go keep the draft picks and maybe it's the opposite maybe that tells us nothing that that could just be like a a circumstance of that certain deal I, it's sometimes hard to like put too much on this one stuff but that is like the roster to me that is like the what this could turn into is like some of these guys get traded and they keep their picks or it's the opposite if they make a move ahead of next month's deadline and again i don't know there's a lot going on here so yeah it'd be a happy birthday for evan i um i'm not taking off my birthday this year you can't make me because it's around the deadline it's my favorite time of year so i'll be 29 and feeling fine watching the Cavs make some moves Old man. Anyway, that's going to be it for this episode of Lockdown Cavs. I hope everyone has a great Saturday. Hope you mm-hmm. uh, enjoy Cavs Wars on Sunday. We'll be back to talk about that and look ahead to Cavs Kings on Monday. And if you want a great second listen, check out Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q and with the gambling advice from expert Lee Sterling. You can find that wherever you get your Lockdown Cavs podcast. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Evers. As of right now, I'm pulling this up. I want to give you an exact total to kind of guilt you into going to. We're at 904. We've crossed the 900 threshold, okay? 96 of you. We've crossed the 900 threshold. That's right. Okay. Get us to 1,000. I look at the numbers of our downloads every single day. If a small percentage of you go just subscribe on YouTube, you're doing us a big solid. Go do that right now. Help us out. Help Evan buy new cat toys for Finnegan. It's been locked on Kevin. He doesn't need any of those right now. Hold oh, yeah. on. Everyone's going to see this live cotton 4K. Hey, pal. You knocking all your toys everywhere? This is what he does. It's this cool little party trick is I put these toys in a basket, and then he knocks them like that everywhere. Well, guess what? Evan could buy more for Finnegan and knock around if you go subscribe on YouTube. It would be a great time. And if you guys are listening on audio, that's why you should watch us on YouTube because you'll miss moments like that. Sure. Anyone, be well. Have a good one.